Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello, welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast. My name is Stacey Morgan. And I'm on the one side of the world, and on the other side of the world is the fabulous Ray Gold. How are you, Ray? I'm awesome. I'm so happy to be talking to you on the other side of the world. Okay. Actually, how cool is that that we're on two sides of the world? That is very, very cool. This episode of Regold's Dance Life Podcast is brought to you by IDEA, the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association. If you're a dance studio owner or a dance teacher, you definitely want to tap into the fabulous resources that are part of IDEA as well as all of the wonderful IDEA members that can give you lots of advice and share your wins and your challenges, you can find out more at ideadance.org. Today, Ree, we're talking about a new season, a brand new season. Everybody's gearing up to head straight into the new year, you know, all fired up after attending the conference or having a really relaxing summer break. But when we go into a new year, sometimes we forget some of the important things that are part of running a studio, like putting in place some really really robust systems and processes around feedback for your teams and that's what we're going to be talking about today feedback because feedback is a word that scares some people right it's not always something that people are willing to to share their opinions on or to to say that they're very good at especially as dance studio owners it's funny because when you said feedback maybe those listening should use that word because I would have thought critique. Oh, no, that's scary. But but that is probably how our listeners are thinking about it when they're going to get feedback. Their fear is that they're going to be critiquing someone and how will that be accepted? So your word, the word feedback, Mm actually puts even that's better than uh faculty review let's hang out and have some feedback or a feedback session yes yeah feedback even faculty review is a little bit is a little bit scary but the thing about it re is that it needs to not be something scary. It needs to be something that has a system. It needs to be something that you're doing on a regular basis with your team in order to make sure that you're getting the best value for money, in order to make sure that they are learning and growing in their role so that they enjoy it and they're really you know, pumped to come to work every day. And it's also about making sure that you have those systems and processes in place so that if something does go wrong, you automatically have a platform with which to discuss it. It's not like you're going, oh, something's gone wrong and how do I fix it and what do I do and where do I go from here? The system's in place and all you have to do is take a deep breath and and follow the system. I'm with you on that. And you know that the go wrong part of this happens few and far between. Yes, but I think when people think about feedback, they think that that's all we're talking about, right? That you only want to catch up with your team and tell them when something is wrong. Right, but a consistency which is what you're bringing up to these uh, feedback sessions. And then listening, a feedback session is also you listening to them and their needs and how you can improve. 
a consistency to that and an openness to that already is opening the door to a loyal person who can feels comfortable being your employee and communicating with you. Yeah. And a loyal person that's going to want to be invested in helping you grow your business as a dance studio owner as well, because you want people on your team that are not just great teachers, but you want people that are really open to feedback. You want people who are open to change, who are happy to follow your direction and your vision for your dance studio. You want people that are invested, that understand what the purpose of the whole thing is, right? You don't just want people who are going to teach a good class. There's so much more that comes to the role. It is about sharing your vision. It is about working with people who totally understand what it is that you want to accomplish. And it's about them looking at you as a leader that they respect and want to do good for you. Yes. So these evaluations, feedbacks, reviews, whatever we want to call them, can, instead of being afraid of them, it's about building a relationship, a good and strong business relationship. Yes, I love that. I'll add to that, to those that maybe are nervous about doing a review. Don't think about the maybe one or two things that you might want to fix. Think about six or seven things that you love about them. Mm -hmm. And sandwich in the two things that you want to get out there in between the six or seven things that you've written down that are positive because we tend and that's not just because you're beating around the bush it's going to cause you to express those two things in a gentler way because you caused it you have now had to think about all the positives about this person Mm -hmm. And they're going to take it as, wow, I, next year, I hope she says that about the thing that she just brought up. Like, you'll, I don't know, it's a deeper mind thing, yes. but I think you get it. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, I think we do that in the studio, right? We have a little person in front of us who is terrible at spring points, but she's jumping really high. So we, of course, say, your jumping was great. Now, when you stretch that leg out in front of you, you have to make sure that it's turned out and your supporting legs turned out. But it was a really good try. Like we sandwich stuff all the time in our studios. And I think then when we get into conversations with adults, especially adults that we employ, we kind of forget all of those skills that we already have as teachers. Yes. You are, you are right. It's a, it's a, we do it on a daily basis with the kids. But it's important I- for us to remember to do it in those sessions too. I think also there are probably people who are younger than some of their faculty and staff, maybe not as experienced in that 
style of dance as that faculty person. And they may go in a little intimidated by those people. Mm. Do you follow that so far? Yeah. This, this is how I look at it. You know more about what you need in your business than any of those people. Yes. So let them be really good at their craft and praise their craft. Mm-hmm. But communicate to them what it is that you need from them to continue the success that they're seeing all around them. Yep. Don't be intimidated by them. You are just as awesome at what you do, if not better, because you're able to hire these people. Yes. And that should give you that kind of confidence in yourself to run a meeting and just sit there and go, I'm pretty good at this, aren't I? I love that. So I think for uh, for studio owners, it's important to at the beginning of the season to set up if you don't already have a system in place for these meetings to set up with your team, what that's going to look like, how many times a season are they going to happen? Is it going to be monthly? Is it going to be, um, you know, once a season at the start of the season, at the end of the season, when is it going to occur? And then communicating that to the per- the people that you're going to be meeting with so that, you, you know, you don't spring it on them, but also so that they know that when things go well or go wrong during the week or during the year, they don't necessarily have to jump on it straight away if they know that in two weeks' time they're coming up to a situation where they get to sit down with you for 20 minutes and, and that that system is already there. I think for studio owners, it puts out a lot of fires because you're not always, you know, jumping to put that fire out and then jumping to solve that problem and then jumping to, you know, fix whatever's going on over there. It gives the people the opportunity to say, okay, well, you know, that that did go wrong, but I know I'm speaking with the dance studio owner in a couple of weeks' time, so I'll add that to my list and then we can, you know, go over all of them at the same time when we meet. And I think that's good reassurance for the studio owner but also for the teacher too. I'm going to ask you your opinion because I want to I want to see where we if we stand in the same place. How many uh, times should we have a feedback session on an annual basis? So in my studio, we have them once a term. We have four terms a year. So we will have two before the middle of the year and then we'll have one straight after we get back and then one as we head towards the recital. And they happen in the same week of every term. So everybody knows when they're coming up and they have the same structure. So we keep ours to 20 minutes, not because... I don't have more time for my team, but I find that 20 minutes is enough time to be able to both have a say, both be able to put our points forward. Um, and I'll talk a bit more about that two-way conversation in, in a second, but we 20 minutes is enough time to both have to say what we need to say. And then if there any, are any bigger issues or bigger problems that need solving, it at least opens the conversation. And then if the 20 minutes you know, runs up, you have the opportunity then to say, look, this has been really great. Thanks so much for bringing this to my attention. I need to think about it for a couple of days and 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 kind of work through some solutions. Let's meet up on Monday and then we can work through that and you can, you know, have another meeting that perhaps is an hour long, depending on what the problem is you're solving. But it means that everybody, there's a clear expectation. I used to do it, Ree, where we just, I would I'd meet everybody for coffee and it would end up being an hour and 15 minutes and we'd talk about 
all sorts of things. And it was great for relationship building, but it wasn't great in establishing what the meeting was actually for. So now I just have coffees with my team where I, it's just social and we just go out for coffee and it's lovely. But a performance review is completely different and there's a different tone to it and there's a different structure to it. And so I do all of those in my office at the studio and it's, yeah, it's different. I, I actually um, was thinking, first of all, you gave a great answer there. I, I feel like you're really organized in this area. In my mind, I was thinking for those who might be initiating this a couple times a year, definitely at the close of a season, because I think that's perfect. And you might say, well, should it be at the start? I'm not sure that it should be at the start. I think it should be a month or two in so that. Yeah, I was going to say November is a really good time for performance reviews. I, I think that's. That's a good concept. I think a couple months in November here in the States and then at the end of the year. And it, like you said, the consistency, I love that you said 20 minutes. And frankly, I love that you said, you know, it used to be coffee and we brought it not in that direction and that you're getting business done. Yes, for sure. And so well, I was said I was going to touch on the two-way feedback. That's something that's also really important, Ree, when you're setting this up with your team. You want to give them plenty of notice and give them plenty of, you know, communication around when this is happening and where it's happening and what it looks like so they are not going into threat state thinking, oh, I've got to go to this meeting with my boss, oh, my goodness. But you also need to communicate it as what it is in that it's a two-way conversation. So the purpose of the meeting is for you, yes, to give feedback Um, I'm not going to use the word critique, but for you to give feedback and then also for them to be able to express how they're feeling, how they're going so that you as the studio owner can best support them in their role because that's exactly what you you want to do. You want to support your team as much as you can, but if if they don't tell you what's going wrong or what they need help with, then it's really hard as, as a studio owner to do that and people end up just getting cranky and resenting it and wanting to leave and you don't want that at all i'm with you 100 percent on this i i feel like you should ask questions especially for those who might be intimidated to speak up like you have newer employees or people that just might look up to you and be afraid to speak up and say, you know, are you you happy with your classroom situation, your sound system, or say to them something like, is there something that you'd like to do in this studio that hasn't been offered to you? Yes. Just, just open it up so that now they'll think of things and that part of your conversation will free flow from that point forward. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I love talking about Brene Brown. I'm such a super fan and I did a lot of that at the conference. But for me, Brene always talks about being unclear as being unkind. And in those meetings, when you have the opportunity, you have set it up so that you're in the same place, you're together, you're there for a purpose. If you're going to spend the whole time being really unclear, oh, your classes are great. Oh, you're doing really well. Oh, 
oh, and not actually being really clear with the person. You're actually being really unkind. So as human beings, we want to be able to improve and to grow. That's what gives us job satisfaction. And if we don't get feedback on how we can be better at what we do, then it's really hard for us to feel like we're developing in the role. And people who aren't developing in their roles don't want to stay in that role for a little while. And as studio owners, we all know how much it costs to have to, you know, go out and look for new employees and to hire new people. That's an expense that we don't want to have unnecessarily. And it's upheaval in our studio. Our, our students need consistency, especially at a time like now. So you want to do everything you can to really make sure that your team feels valued. And I think that starts with being really clear and being really and therefore being really kind, helping them achieve the most they can out of the position at your studio. Can I add a little something thought to this? Yeah. So we've talked about whatever we're going to call these reviews, whatever. But this communication has to be more than these reviews. There needs to be more... Make sure that you're checking in on your staff. Make sure that you're having regular meetings with Zoom and so many other ways to communicate now. We can do it or we can break people into groups and do it. That vibe and valuing each other thing comes with... uh, it not just being two times a year that we communicate. Yes. Do you get yeah. what I'm, it's a package. Yes. And it's so important that that relationship building is continuous with you and with your team and with for the team with each other as well. It can't just be the one time you sit down at the beginning of the year and the one time that you sit down at the end. It's so important. I think it's also important to talk about what happens after the meeting because as studio owners, it's one thing to to sit down and have the meeting, but it's another thing to then, you know, have, actually go and action all of the things that that we've we've talked about. So you have an expectation that if you're going to talk to your staff member about the way that they teach tap and then they go back to the studio and they don't change anything, then you're going to be, you know, cranky about that. But in the same way, if they've, you know, vocalize to you that the state of the bathrooms is not okay and you don't do anything about that either then they're going they're going to feel like it was a waste of time so I always make sure I follow up my review meetings with uh, with written correspondence hi thanks so much for meeting with me today this is what we spoke about um, just letting you know this is the way I'm in which I'm going to action this and this and this looking forward to seeing you working on this and this and this Please reach out if there's anything else I can do to support you. Just so it's in writing, just so there's clarification because you don't know, even though you're sitting across from someone in those meetings, you don't know what kind of emotional state they're in and they could be working themselves into a frenzy thinking that they have done a horrible job and that you hate them and that they you never want them to teach there again. And that just that written follow-up when people have had a chance to take a breath and are you know, outside of that environment, that written follow-up is often really helpful to have them go, oh, yes, oh, that's right. We did discuss that. And, oh, yes, I did tell her about that. So that was good, rather than it just be all emotion. I uh, think that was a really awesome point, Stacey. You actually made me take it 
think about taking it even further, and maybe this is logical for everybody, but that should go into the faculty folder. Mm along with their contracts and all the other things that have, whether it's an accident report that happened during their class time or a complaint from a client, keep all those things together. And this, this final summary should also go in there. Yes, absolutely. But you're right. If you're going to do it and you're going to be formal about it and you're going to do it right, you have to stick to what it is that you have either told the employee you're going to make better or other promises that you make because then none of this works. Yeah. And to encourage also studio owners to pair this performance review with an observation as well to kind of take it next level. So if you have the opportunity to get into the classroom before the performance review is scheduled, to be able to observe your teacher in action, to be in the foyer when they're welcoming a class in, so that you do have more um, tools in your tool belt, essentially, to, to draw on in that meeting. Well, I saw you teach, you know, junior jazz, and this was great, and this was great, and this was great. And then I saw you teach senior ballet, and this was great, and this was great, and this was great. And giving them a heads up about that as well, because nothing's more intimidating for anybody than to have their boss looking over their shoulder. So I love to pair my observations with my performance reviews so that my team know that in week five of every term, I will just turn up randomly and poke my head in the door and see how things are going. And that in week six, that we then sit down and meet. So my team know to expect that now. And if you're setting up your new season, and you're handing, you know, you're putting together your faculty binders and they're going out to your team, then these dates and times of when this is going to happen is a really important thing to give everybody a heads up about. I think if we're fin- if we're finishing up, we can finish on that note. Something really practical. Get your binders out. I think what you just said is brilliant. I would do everything that do what Stacy just said. <laughs> I, I um look at it as though this is so easy for us to do and and can improve our relationships with our faculty and staff, which I'm trying to think of how to say this, which seems to be one of the biggest issues for the studio owners that I work with. Mm -hmm. Is that communication is off or misunderstandings on a consistent basis? You do this and you're just eliminating the possibility of all of these misunderstandings. It's like to me, it's yeah, this affair. And here, this, I was thinking about this, but I didn't want to say it when you were talking about it. Here's another reason that the dance teacher might have a fear, but you have to get over it because you'll get better with it, is what they might say you need to improve on. A hundred percent. And many times I've, you know, gone into a meeting gung-ho with an agenda of my own of what I'm going to say to the other person and be completely flawed by all of the things that they have, the list that they have for me. <laughs> What what was the one shocking thing you learned from somebody or the thing that surprised you the most? Well, 
and this is still something I'm working on, but this is this completely floored me. I give so I have people on my team who teach dance but who also take on different roles. I got that from the fabulous Terry. She is the queen when it comes to delegating. And so I have teachers who do my marketing and I have teachers who do my business development and I have teachers that do my performance team. And they so they have maybe 30 hours a week of teaching and 10 hours a week of admin. And that 10 hours a week of admin, I just say to them, just do it whenever you like. Just get it done. You can do it at home in your pyjamas. You can do it here in the office. You can do it in a local cafe. It's completely up to you. And I thought that do by doing that, I was giving my team the ability to choose when and how they did it. But for some staff members who really like structure, they took that as meaning that I expected everybody to be on the clock all the time because giving them that, telling them they could do it at any time and having some people doing it at eight o'clock at night would mean that those people were then contacting other people in the team needing information. So if they were putting together a document and they needed to know what the eight years jazz you know, number was going to be and needed a copy of the music, they would get in touch with other people in the team during that time who were perhaps having dinner with their family and didn't want to be bothered by somebody else on the team. And so it just meant that everybody on the team was always on eggshells because they felt that they could be contacted at any time and would be needed to like work. And that was a big oh, shift for me. Yeah, that's, I didn't ever thought about that. Neither had I. I thought I was the best boss in the world. But turns out when we developed office hours, so what we ended up doing was bringing the reins in a little bit saying, yes, if you have 10 hours of admin, that's fine. You can do six of them wherever you like. But every Wednesday morning from 8 till 12, we're going to be in the studio office together and working Ah. on things together. So we kind of found a balance between the two. And this was pre-COVID and we haven't actually brought it back now, but it's something that in the middle of the night I wake up and think, oh, gosh, we have to do that. So that there is that structured time where we're all in the same room together which is great for team building and great for bonding and great for relationship as well as great for getting work done. And then we have the time, you know, where that if they want to work in their pajamas in the middle of the night, they can also do that as well. But there was just a little bit more structure. And so for those people who like that structure, that's what we implemented. But I remember getting that feedback in, in a review and just being like, what? <laughs> yes. And really I think having to go you- away and think about it. I would be the, I get the contacting the other people. I would not have thought of that. But if you said, Re, I'm going to pay you to do this project. It's 10 hours and you can do it whenever you want. That's a dream job for me. Like, yes, I'll do that. But no, I had not thought of the complications. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> that was a big learning for me. So studio owners, be very open to the feedback that you will get going into those meetings, I think that's really important. And if somebody says something that surprises you, don't get mad about it. Wonder why they got that impression, even if they're off base. That's how we learn. Mm -hmm. And when we're uncomfortable, that's often when we're doing our best learning. So, Yeah, I'm getting older. I'm tired of being uncomfortable. (laughs) Sorry, Ray. You run your own business. So, You're going to be uncomfortable I for a know. while. 
And those that are listening, no matter how long you run a business, when it comes to working with your team, employees, it doesn't get easier when it comes to making tough decisions related to them. Mm -hmm. It's it's still, uh, I hate to say it, but it's more emotional for, I think, dance people because we're artists and there's some there's a yeah. little bit more of a connection than the cubicle office worker you know yeah definitely but that's a good thing too that means that we have these relationships with people in our studio that are lifelong people that are helping us achieve our dream and that's really special too i'd Before take that over we, a cubicle I, any day ray yeah, but I want to say something on what you just said, little follow-up. I don't know if we're coming up on the end of our time. But also know that somebody can be a part of your studio and your life for 25 years and things change and you don't have to hang on because they've been with you for 25 years. If that's not working for the future of your company or your students anymore. Mm. Somebody out there <laughs> needed to hear that today, Ray. Yes. It's important because that's a big thing that goes on that when I'm coaching or mentoring, it's like, but she's been there for 10 years and she started with me, mm -hmm. but she's not doing a good job and I'm losing students because of her. Yeah, that's the tough part of being the owner. Yep. But you can do this. Everybody can do this, should do it because you deserve it for your own self and, and eliminating that anxiety that comes with not communicating. And my business mentor always says, Ray, you just need 20 seconds of bravery. So when it comes to making those big decisions and you walk into the room and the person is standing in front of you for that conversation, you've just got to be brave for 20 seconds because by the time 20 seconds is gone, you're in the conversation, you're talking, you're in the moment, it's happening. It, the, the train has left the station. But those first 20 seconds, you've got to be brave. But oh, it's just 20 true. seconds. I love that. I love this conversation. Yeah, we've gone for a while. We better wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, okay. confidence, guys. Just confidence in running your business the way you want to run it and building a team that understands that. And if they don't fit in and not everyone will, mm -hmm. you have to do what's right for your business and your students. And if you want a great boom, butter boom. If you want a great book on just that topic, Jim Collins, Good to Great is is the Bible of leadership and team and getting the right people on the bus and getting the, those people in the correct seats on your bus. So if you haven't read Good to Great as a Dance Studio Owner, get onto that. Okay, I'm going to stop talking now. We're both going to stop talking now. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'll let you close it out, Ray. Enjoy the journey. Thank you for joining us for Ray Gold's Dance Life Podcast. Learn more about joining the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association, the Dance Life Teacher Conference, and the Dance Life Retreat Center at regold.com. 
or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 